Tonight we have a chance to continue what has become an excellent and uplifting tradition here, and that is to have a back-to-school theme as we get together and we study the Bible and as we think about our upcoming school year. And as we do that, we're going to have several people come up and lead prayers who either teach or are attending school or both. And uh, we're just going to uh, have a time of prayer for the schools, for the students, and also for the teachers. I hope you're able to sign up the name of your school as you came in. Uh, Clint McCullough has graciously accepted the job of praying for each of those schools by name. And if we leave one out, it's not intentional, and we're thinking about everyone as our school year begins again. Uh, Phil Wagner will be sharing a message with us tonight. It's difficult to imagine a busier summer than our youth group has had. And if you haven't gotten the chance to tell Phil or uh, Andy or Marie what a terrific job they've done, uh, you'll want to do that before the summer's over. It has been excellent, and uh, we've seen just some great things happen in the lives of our young people, our students as they prepare, and uh, they have been active and busy all year and uh, it's been great to have Andy with us and Marie's done an excellent job with our girls and we're just tremendously blessed with our young people and we want to thank God for that tonight and so we want to remember this charge that Phil is giving us as we enter into the school year. Beginning right now we'll have our opening prayer, we'll enter into a period of worship and then prayer together for our year. Would you bow with me, please? Our dear God and our Father in heaven, we are so grateful to be in your presence. Father, we glorify you and we honor you. Father, we ask you to be with the ones that are in need at this time, the ones that are hurting, the ones that are not feeling well. Father, we are so blessed to have this congregation. We are so blessed to be a part of this congregation. We pray that you will continue to bless our elders and their families, the deacons and our ministers that work here each day. Father, tonight as we concentrate on the beginning of a new school year, we are so grateful for the country that we live in that our children can obtain an education with, without any fears. Father, we pray that this new year will bring growth to the children and as, uh, as they continue to go day to day in their everyday lives, we pray that they will Remember that they are Christians, and we pray that their influence will make a difference in someone else's life. Father, we pray for the leaders of our country. Continue to grant them wisdom, and we pray that they always look to you for that wisdom. Father, we ask you to bless this worship, and may we worship you in a way that's pleasing to you. 
And above all, Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving your son to die on the cross for remission of our sins. Father, we are grateful for your grace and your plan of salvation that we can spend eternity with you in heaven. We ask all these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for letting us come here and worship and uh, give special thanks to the schools that we have, the institutes that we have to learn in. We thank you so much for all that you do for us and give to us. We know there's many countries and even many states that don't have the education that we do, the, the fine establishments that and the nice buildings that we have in order to go to. the uh, Dear Lord, we now want to pray individually for those schools. We have faculty, we have teachers, students who are involved with these schools, and we pray for them as well. But we also pray for the, the, the unit, the, the building. And we pray that you would just watch over each one of these and your guiding hand will be upon them. Dear Lord, we pray for Tucker's Crossroads School. We pray for West Elementary. We pray for West Wilson Middle, Carroll Oakland, Stoner Creek Elementary, Stoner Creek Special Education, Tennessee Tech, Wilson Central, Gladeville Elementary, Mount Juliet Tuesday and Thursday School, Ball State, Middle Tennessee State, Mount Juliet Middle Elementary and High School, Rock Springs Middle School, Oakland High School, Good Pasture Christian School, Friendship Christian School, and Ezel Christian School. We also pray for Sunset Elementary School. And dear Lord, we pray that if there's any others that we missed that uh, of those people who are attending, we pray that you would watch over them as well. We pray that you would guide them, guide the people inside them to lead our students to know more, to understand more, to be better people, and to grow up to be uh, people who are loving of you, and who respect you and respect others. And dear Lord, we pray all this in your Son's most holy name. Amen. If you would turn to number 432. 432. Before Jeremy Burkhart comes and leads us in prayer for our students, We'll sing a couple of songs about how we can all grow in our knowledge of God's Word. 
in a prayer for our students. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you, we come before you tonight and we ask you to be with our students throughout this coming next year at school. We ask you to please build us in dealing with uh, our peer pressure and letting our friends talk us into doing things we don't want to do and we know are wrong. And we hope that you'll be there with us and, and be the light for our feet and lead us through the way that you think is, that is right. And help us in making good decisions and just be with us and help us be there when we need to stand up for what is right and even if it means you're standing alone. And we I want to especially pray for all the kids that are going into school or coming up to the high school or, because it'll be a new environment and I just pray that you'll be with them for it'll be tough for them and hope that you help them cope and deal with the new environment and Lord I just ask you to be with us each and every day and help us to strive and do our best and because that's what that's what you want us to do and be a good example for everyone else at school and help us to to be that, that, that be our ministry, you know, right now we're a little young and we can't go out and preach and stuff, but at school maybe we can show people Christ through our actions and through the way we behave ourselves and the things we say, and Lord, please be with us and help us have that mentality going into this next school year, and Lord, we, we thank you for each and every day that you give us, and thank you for everything, in Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, Lord, for today, and we thank you for this gathering here tonight. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful weather today. We thank you for the beautiful blue skies that we've had all day and all weekend, Lord, to enjoy. And we thank you, too, for the rain that we've received. Lord, we come before you this time with humble hearts, Lord, thinking about what's coming up tomorrow and in the next nine months to come. Lord, after a long summer, many of our students, teachers, will be going back to school tomorrow. 
And Lord, in our world today, there's so much temptation, so many things that can pull you many different directions. This affects our students, but it affects our teachers as well. Lord, there's so many students that do not, that do not know you or have had the opportunity to know you. And there are many teachers that have had the opportunity to know you. Lord, we come before you tonight asking you to look down upon each person that you've given the talent to teach and given them the opportunity to be in our public or private schools to teach these children. Lord, we first ask that, Lord, that you be with these teachers, Lord, let them not be ashamed of you. Let them let their students know that they love you and know who you are in any way that they possibly can, Lord. Lord, we ask them that each teacher, Lord, in every school, we ask that you be with them and let them use the talent that you so have richly blessed them with. We ask, Lord, that it's done in a manner well-pleasing unto you. We ask as they go to school day by day and teach the children that they do. Some children, wonderful, sweet, delightful. Lord, some children are, are more troublesome. And sometimes we can grow, our patience can grow short. And it's during those times, Lord, we ask that you be with us. Be with each teacher that sits here tonight, each teacher out in our public school system, each teacher that will teach one of our children here tonight. To be with them and guide their minds, Lord, in times where they may want to lose their patience as well. And help them, Lord. Help them to do the talent in which you've given them to do. Lord, in each of our schools, we have leaders, Lord. We have principals, we have assistant principals that are there to guide the teachers who guide the students. Lord, we pray that you'll be with them. Each school mentioned tonight, Lord, we pray that you'll be with each one of those leaders. That, Lord, that they will, that they will involve you, that they will seek your guidance when making decisions for how their school will run. Lord, we have administrators sitting right here in our auditorium tonight, Mr. Stan Moss, Ms. Yvonne Smith, and others. And for each school that our children tonight are attending, Lord, we pray that we'll be, you will be with those principals. Be with them as they make the decisions for those students and the teachers. Lord, there are those that teach in classrooms where sometimes the struggles can be great. Lord, we thank you, Ms. Laura Smith, and the job that she does and the wonderful talent that you've blessed her with. Lord, we pray that you will continue to be with her that you continue to give her endurance and patience to teach some of the sweetest and most special children you've put on this earth. Lord, in all the things that we do, let us seek your guidance. As teachers, as principals, let us first come to you when we need to make the decisions we need to make. And let us not be ashamed of you, but to lift you up and praise you. Lord, we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, forgiveness for the sins we've committed. And it's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Good evening. I'd like to, to ask the guys from the pit if you could leave that song up there. We'll be um, getting our, our theme from that tonight as we go through the lesson. So you might keep your books open to 722. We're going to look at that together. It's good to see everyone here. I told the, the group Wednesday night that uh, it's really good to, to be back home. Uh, been to a couple summer camps in a row, and I feel like I've been gone most of the summer between uh, mission trips and camps and vacation Bible schools and all that. And uh, it's really good to be home. It's been a great summer. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I think David's lesson this morning uh, really, really hit me and, and really reminded me that I need to give uh, some credit where credit is due. Uh, this past week, we had a great week at camp, and uh, we had about 80 young people go, and um, almost as many adults go, too. And uh, it was just a great week. And what I'd like to do right now is first, I'd like to ask all the young people that went to camp, if you would stand up. I know you're scattered around. If you would stand up. We had a good crew of young people go, and a lot of visitors, too, that aren't here tonight. And, um, you know, just recognize those. Y'all can sit down. And, um, but we had a, we had a great... A great week. It was, it was really hot, um, which, was, which was, I guess, nice if you're trying to lose weight. But um, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best circumstances. But the, the kids didn't complain. We kept good attitudes. And, um, you know, by the last day, we, we started letting them drink water throughout the day. So that was good. And, uh, you know, luckily, we all made it back home alive. Um, I want to especially recognize, you know, the, the adults that helped with camp. Uh, Things like summer camp and these mission trips and vacation Bible school, uh, you know, couldn't happen with, without all the adults that have helped. And uh, right now I want to recognize all the, the cooks and the craft ladies and the counselors. And if you're an adult and you helped in some capacity at camp, if you would stand up. If you taught a Bible class, you go ahead and stand up. I want you all to look around and, and, um, and make sure that, that uh, you see these people after tonight and um, around. Y'all can sit down. But, uh, but thank these adults for, for taking off. Some of them took off work. Uh, you know, a lot of them weren't excited about the heat. Uh, but uh, it, it was just a great week. And a lot of our adults have been to camp several years. We had several uh, first-timers. And uh, just everybody pitched in. And just, it was just a great week. Um, and then I, I want to thank the interns. Uh, I want to remind you, this Sunday night, we're going to have a chance to, to honor our summer interns. And uh, they have been great this summer. Uh, Andy Frizzell and Marie Pickler, uh, they've been mentioned already tonight. If you get a chance uh, to thank them, you know, you have no idea how much they've done this summer. And uh, they have just been great. Marie has done all kinds of devotionals with the girls and encouraged our teenage girls and our younger ones. And, and Andy has just been right there. And uh, they've organized things. They've, you know, done all kinds of stuff. And that's one thing that's great is when you have interns that are much better at organizational things than you are. It's just terrific, you know, because, you know, Marie, Marie even told me that this week we're going to work on cleaning my office, so I'm not excited about that. But, uh, so please stop by and keep me from doing that. Um, but these interns, they have been just awesome, and they have put in a lot of hard work, and I uh, can't thank them enough. And then let me mention, too, before uh, we start the lesson, that uh, Thursday night, let me just clarify, Thursday night, each Thursday during the summer, we've been to different congregations around Nashville and uh, gone to these summer youth series. And there's usually anywhere between 200 and 300 kids. Um, and uh, what we do is we've got to provide food for all of them. Well, Steve Bradshaw and some of the guys and ladies from the uh, youth committee are going to provide the food. But if you could help out with, with the financial part of that, uh, you can see me or see Steve and contribute to that, um, you know, or if you want to bring something too, that's fine. So uh, we'll have a lot of kids here starting at 7 o'clock on Thursday. You might bring by, you know, if you want to, you know, help out with money tonight or whenever or Wednesday, and uh, bring by your food, you know, early Thursday. That would, uh, that would help tremendously. So, um, and, and you're welcome to come if you want to be there. Tonight, we're talking about going back to school. And it's an exciting time of year. 
How many of you guys and girls are excited about going back to school tomorrow full time? All right, we got, we got about 1% that are excited. And uh, I don't see any teacher's hands going up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, going back to school was, was always exciting. Uh, I think when I was little, that was my least favorite time of year. But uh, as I got older, I, I think I enjoyed seeing some people I hadn't seen all summer. Yesterday, Andy and I stopped by Walmart, and we're, we're getting some stuff. And we looked at each other and said, today was not a good day to come to Walmart. It was all the back-to-school stuff. But uh, we started talking, and I said, man, that was one of the most exciting times of year. You know, it was, it was about the only time of year I had a clean backpack. And, uh, you know, got to go get new stuff. You got new shoes, new outfits, you know, which, you know, I'd get dirty the first week of school and, you know, tear up and everything. But um, it was always an exciting time of year, you know. Pick out a new lunchbox, you know, if you're younger. And, um, you know, just a lot of exciting choices to be made. But, um, you know, as, as I think back and as you think back of your memories, you know, growing up through school, I think about every year um, we couldn't stop her. My mom would sing, you know, school days, school days, da 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 da, da. I don't remember all the words. I was usually trying to sleep during that part. But, you know, my mom would sing school days every year, you know, at the top of her lungs. And then, of course, Dad would try to chime in. And, you know, that was, that was a good time for them. And... Um, <laughs> But I think about those times, and, you know, it was so exciting. And uh, my dad, one of his best ways to get me out of bed for school was he would start looking through my personal things. He'd say, you know, hey, I didn't know you got a note from, you know, so-and-so. And I'd jump out of bed and say, get out of my room, you know. But, um, but that was fun. Uh, I think back about kindergarten. You know, it's so exciting to go to kindergarten for the first time. I remember my kindergarten teacher had a magic carpet. Um, I'm sorry for you that didn't get to experience that. It was multicolored and had all kinds of crazy designs. And, um, you know, you could just focus on that carpet during story time. And uh, that was good. And I remember nap time, you know, where we would close our eyes and, and pretend to be asleep. So she would leave a little candy by our uh, nap mat or whatever that was called. Um, I think about, you know, first, second grade, we lived about a mile or less from the school. And, and my brother and I and some of our buddies would all ride our bikes to school. And... Uh, and, you know, that was always an exciting time, except at the end of the day when you had to have a lot of energy left because whoever was last uh, would have a, a Doberman pincher right on his tail going up the hill towards our house. So that was always tough for us uh, heavier kids on the bike. Um, but, uh, but they were good times, you know. They got good exercise in. Um, you know, I think about fifth and sixth grade when, when we started riding the bus to school and I had to go to um, actually downtown to, uh, to inner city school. That was a whole different experience. Um, couldn't ride my bike down there on the interstate. And, um, you know, just a whole group, a new group of kids and a different way of life um, in that school. And, and I really learned a lot, you know, some good and some bad, but I learned a lot from those kids. Um, you know, and as I think about seventh and eighth grade and, and high school, you know, each year um, as you got older, it seemed like temptation got stronger. And, um, you know, as you get into seventh and eighth grade, and I don't know, you know, if you ride the bus, you're kind of away from your parents, and, you know, as you get into high school, you start having to make choices. And it seemed like Satan would, would start to tempt us even more. Um, this past week at camp, we talked about the amazing race and how we're on the tempter's terrain. You know, how this world is, is Satan's, and he's going to try to trip us up. You know, and just as he tempted uh, Jesus in the wilderness, he tempts us with those same ways today. And, uh, and I think that's especially challenging as you, as you get older, as you go into high school and as you go into college. 
You know, we all have to make those important decisions. And it's tough sometimes um, to make the right ones. Tonight, I want to think about that. I want to think about this song that's on the screen right here. It's uh, page 722. And I think as we think about going to school, this is a, a, powerful thong, a powerful song to think about, is let the beauty of Jesus be seen. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me and in you. And, um, and we'll just go through, and I want to look at um, the beauty of Christ and how it can be present in us and how Christ needs to be present in our lives as we go to school. Um, the first line, if you look at the ver- first verse, it says, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all his wonderful passion and purity. So the first things we have there are Christ's passion and his purity. So first, let's look at how we can have Christ's passion. You know, if you look at it and you say, well, how did, how did Christ have passion? Well, you know, most of us saw the, the movie that came out. There was so much made about the passion of the Christ. If you look at John chapter 19, uh, we see the passion of Christ. Um, just one of many examples. There when he's being crucified in, in John 19, starting in, in verse 1, it says, So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, or beat him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to him, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again to the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? I love it here how Pilate is, is trying to show his power and show Jesus, you know, I have the power now to kill you, to crucify you, or I have the power to save your life, you know. What he didn't realize was that, that it was Jesus' choice to be crucified. Jesus had the power to, to refrain from that, to, to stay away. But he did that because it was God's will, because he loved us enough that he was willing to go through all this stuff and be crucified on the cross so that, that we might have hope of eternal life. And I love Jesus' answer in verse 11. It says, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Now, Jesus is showing Pilate, you have no control over this. He's saying, you know, I'm going through this with my own power. I'm doing this because I love everyone. Because I love the people who are out here saying, crucify him, crucify him. And I know they need to be saved just as everybody else. So here we see Christ's passion. And I want to think about as we go back to school, as we go to work, are we passionate about our faith? Are you passionate at school about Christ? Can people see you and and say, there's a Christian, there's somebody who's living like Jesus? Because I think a challenge for us today, and myself included, is to stay passionate. You know, I think there's a lot of us that struggle being lukewarm, you know, going through the motions. You know, kind of like just wearing a t-shirt that says, you know, I'm a Christian, but not really living it, not really telling people about it. We've got to be passionate. Um, and, and the question I, I want to ask is, is, what will you go through for God? You know, 
What are you willing to go through at school? Are you willing to stand up and be different? Are you willing to, to stand up for what's right, to speak out? You know, that's passion. Are you just going to go along with everybody else? It's a challenge. All of us know, all of us that have been through high school and college know that it's not always easy. Um, it's not always easy to do what's right. But, um, but we can do it if, if we have that passion that Christ had. Secondly, there in the, in the first verse of that song, it talks about his purity. You know, we talk about having Christ's purity. Well, Matthew 5, 8, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I love Hebrews 4.15. If you turn over to Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know, this past week we looked at Matthew 4, how, how Christ was tempted by Satan with the, with the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And Satan tried to tempt Jesus, but yet, in all things, he said no. And I, and I think that, you know, we've got to have that, that same uh, passion, that same purity to say, get behind me, Satan. You know, when, when the devil's trying to tempt us, we've got to be able to be pure and say, I'm not going to let you drag me into this. I'm not going to let you do what I know is wrong. So, you know, question for tonight, how do we keep pure? You know, there are a lot of things each year. You know, I know that the growing, you know, it seems like we always want to say, well, you know, everything just gets worse every year. You know, schools are getting worse. You know, things are getting worse. And, and I don't know how much of that is true. I know things went on years ago that, that go on in school. But you hear things about what, what kids are doing in school. And you hear what they're doing on the bus and what they're doing when their parents aren't home. And it scares you. You know, and it's a challenge for all of our young people to keep ourselves pure, you know. Just because every, everybody else is doing something, you know, doesn't make it right for us. And I think that's a challenge, to keep, our, keep that purity that Christ had. Next in the song, if you go on, it says, May His Spirit divine all my being refine. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. So not only do we need to have Christ's passion and His purity, but we need to have... We need to have Christ's divine spirit. And I think here, uh, one thing we need to look at is, is his spirit of love that Christ had that was so evident. And uh, Matthew 5, 38 through 42. If you turn over to Matthew 5. Starting in verse 38 through 42, it says, You have heard that said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek Turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tick, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you. And from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. We need to have that spirit of love that Christ had. And a, and a question I have you know, for you, you young people especially is, are people going to mistreat you at school? Yeah. You know, are people going to mistreat you at work? Yeah. You know, it, it's being a, being a Christian, we're, we're not going to be in the majority. Um, of course, I've heard David say before that uh, Christ plus us is a majority in whatever situation. But, you know, sometimes you'll feel alone. Sometimes you'll feel uh, outcast for standing up for what's right. But, but we've got to be willing to do that. We've got to have that spirit of love that says, you know, if someone hits me in the cheek, I'm going to turn the other one. Someone asked me to go a mile, I'm going to go with him too. 
You know, somebody asks for the shirt off my back, I'm going to give it to him, and I'm going to offer him uh, something else too off my back. All right. So, uh, what will you do? What will you do when you're in that situation and you have the chance to to turn the other cheek? You know, one thing I think about, uh, one thing that really angers me more than just about anything is when young people make fun of other young people. Uh, and I think that's something that, that's gone on for years and years in school, but it, it tears me up when I see Christian kids making fun of other kids, you know? Making fun of kids for the way they look or the way they talk or the way they act. Um, you know, it, it really upsets me. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that at school everybody says, well, that's what you should do. If that person's different, let's put them down. You know, let's all, let's all you know, shy away from them, not say anything to them. But as a Christian, we need to love those people. You know, you think about Jesus' life. Who did he love when he was on the earth? You know, he had dinner with the sinners. Jesus looked for the people who could not be loved, and he gave them love. And I think that's something that we go to school that we've got to look for those people that are outcasts, that are made fun of, and we've got to encourage them. Moving on. If you go to the second verse of that song, it says, When somebody has been so unkind to you, some words spoken that pierces you through and through, think how he was beguiled, spat upon and reviled, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. And as we think about that, think about letting Christ's humility show in us. Christ's humility. In Philippians 2, 5 through 11, you can turn there. We see Christ's humility. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5, says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here we see the, the humility that Christ had as he let those men beat him and scourge him and, and mock him. You know, and we see here that, that he who was there with God when God created the world, and he lowered himself and came to the earth to live in, in human form and give his life for us. You know, the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate show of, you know, display of humility. When we think about that and we think how the world is, well, is that, is that how the world is? You know, the, the way of the world is pride. You know, I think about one of the biggest things I think that we have, um, you know, in school is, is pride. You know, I think back to, to guys I ran around with and, and people I was friends with. You know, in high school, you, you didn't want people to think you know, bad of you. You know, I remember the age when, when we told our parents, we can't wear those, you know, those generic shoes anymore. We got to have name brand, you know. Those, those you know, T-shirts, you know, those, you know, generic polo shirts aren't good enough anymore. We need some name brands, you know, because we had pride. We wanted to dress like everybody else dressed. We wanted, you know, we didn't want people to put us down for the way we look. Um, and I think pride is, is a big thing in the world. I think back to a time when I was humbled. One of the, probably one of the greatest times I was humbled in high school was um, 
you know, in high school, it was a big thing, um, you know, for guys, and I'm sure it's probably for, for every guy in here, you didn't want to be uh, showed up, you know. If you didn't want to, if somebody challenged you to a fight, you didn't want to back down. And you didn't, certainly didn't want to lose that fight. And, uh, and we used to have a little league park that, you know, sometimes we'd go to after school, and guys would settle things, and, uh, you know, with their fist. And it was always over something stupid, you know. Some guy said something about him, you know, whatever. This girl said this, and, and the guy's pride was hurt, so he had to show up and, and beat somebody up to show that he was the bigger man, you know, that he was tougher. Well, I think about this, and I think about gym class. And I was a freshman or sophomore, I can't remember probably freshman, and uh, there's a boy in my gym class named John Sutherland, and John, I, I hope he's not here tonight, but John, uh, if he is, I'm, I'm leaving out that way, John was, uh, was a big kid, and, and John, I went to school with him for a long time, and he never said much, he was always real quiet, I never understood those people, but he was always real quiet, and uh, kept to himself, and, and you know, people would, would generally leave John alone, he seemed like a nice guy, he just kind of went about his business, but you didn't say much to John. You know, you just kind of left him alone. Well, one day we're in gym class, and, uh, and we're playing a game of wiffle ball with one of those humongous red plastic bats that you can get for about a dollar. And uh, anybody in the world can hit a ball with one of those huge red bats, right? Well, uh, me being the competitor that I am, you know, most people this was just, you know, gym, and the game didn't matter. But our team is down a few runs. You know, last inning, the bell's about to ring. And I'm sitting here, John is our last hope. We got two outs, and I think I was the next batter. And I'm thinking, man, John is terrible. This guy, it's like, if I can just get up there, I'm going to hit one in the upper bleachers, and we're going to win this thing right here. But uh, I can't, you know, John's got to get on base or something. Well, sure enough, we're all yelling and screaming, and both, you know, teams are getting all, you know, riled up. And sure enough, John strikes out. Well, that's about the last thing I remember. Um, John claims in the principal's office that he turned around and it looked like I was about to hit him. Well, I guess I was upset he struck out. I don't know. I don't think I was trying to hit him. But the last thing I remember is this big red haze coming at me. And, and uh, I don't know if he hit me with a bat and then he punched me, but somehow I got knocked out. And, uh, and all I remember is a red blurry thing and then I was getting helped up. And... Uh, you know, and that was, that was pretty humbling um, because, because I had to, uh, I got suspended for a day because that was the, uh, the rule then, was that, you know, I had started the fight, even though I didn't even remember the fight, and um, <laughs> I got knocked out. And I remember the worst part of it was the next day was Wednesday night at church. And so I've got this huge bruise on my face. And, uh, you know, when my brother got a bad haircut, he just threw a hat on until he got to church and snuck in the back. But I couldn't hide this beaming, bright bruise on my face. And my parents were embarrassed because I had to tell everybody what had happened. And I'd gotten in a fight at school and gotten knocked out. And then it was really humbling because everybody at school, you know, for a while I became the guy who got knocked out by John Sutherland, you know. And, and I remember even guys like my senior year were like, hey, remember that time you got knocked out? I mean, yeah, thanks a lot. I, I'd almost forgotten. But, um, but you know, sometimes... You know, we got to have humility. I think uh, we're all seem to be too proud sometimes. And, uh, and I think that in school, we can't be too proud uh, to do what's right, you know. We've got to humble ourselves, you know, to realize that uh, we've got to stand up for what's right. 
Um, real quick, I'll hit the last couple. Um, and uh, if you look at the third verse, it says, From the dawn of the morning till the close of day, in example and deeds and in all you say. And uh, I want to hit those, those two things real quick. Is that we need to be, let the beauty of Christ show in our actions and in our, in our words. You know, James 2, 14 through 17 talks about that. James 2, 14 through 17 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. You know, I think about this as, as we think about uh, trying to stand up for Christ at school, you know, it doesn't matter what we say if our actions don't show that we're a Christian, you know. And it doesn't matter whether you're at school or whether you're at work or whether you're on vacation, wherever you are, your actions should show those people around you that he or she, you know, I'm a Christian and that I'm trying to live like Christ. So people must see Christ in our actions. Um, and then in Word, Ephesians 4.29 familiar verse. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. Only that which builds people up, which edifies. Um, and uh, I'm running out of time, but I was thinking about this. I tried to play, uh, I say I tried, I played football in 7th and 8th grade. And um, I think I never played organized football before. And I had these visions of what I'd seen on TV and what we'd done in the backyard, you know. And I, and I kind of thought that, uh, you know, everybody would get to go out for passes and, you know, they might hand it off to me every once in a while. Well, then I realized that big lugs like me got to play the line and got to block for somebody that was a lot faster than me. And, um, you know, I think that's why I didn't play high school because I really wanted to be a running back, but I couldn't go very fast. But, um, you know, football, football was fun, and, uh, but you know, what really stands out to me, I had two coaches in 7th and 8th grade. They worked together. One of them was kind of like my personal coach. He was, worked with the offensive linemen and, you know, did that kind of stuff. And then one of them was the head coach. And as I think back, I was just thinking back today, um, one of these guys would always, I really respected him, and I still respect him to this day. Uh, he always, sometimes he wasn't the nicest guy in the world, sometimes the words he gave you weren't, weren't really edifying, but he would be honest with you, and, um, and he would challenge you. And I really respected him for that. And I, you know, I remember, um, you know, this guy, he could just look at me, and I was just, my face would get red. I know I was doing something stupid, and uh, I had to, you know, shape up. And, you know, I remember him taking me aside before my eighth grade year and saying, you know, this summer you need to work hard. You can be one of the leaders on this team. You know, we're going to depend on you next year. And I always respected him. He always had a good word, a pat on the back. And, and he really fired me up. And I think about our head coach. And our head coach was, was a good guy. He was, he was a pretty good coach. And I don't remember a lot of games we played. I remember we did pretty good uh, my seventh grade year. But you know, about the only thing I remember that coach saying was one time when we got down to a big game, I think it was like for the district or whatever you have in middle school. And uh, you know, we were like 5-0 and, oh and we were going for a perfect season. And he got us in a huddle 
And he was trying to fire us up. And I remember he cussed. And I, I just remember sitting there looking at him. I can still remember the huddle. And I remember that he threw in this cuss word to really fire us up. You could tell he was thinking about it. And he was going to throw this curse word out there. He never cussed. And this was going to fire us up to go win. You know? And I think we lost that day. But all I remember, I mean, that's 13, 14 years ago. And I remember the one time that guy cussed on the field. That's all that stands out to me about him. We think about how powerful our words are.